You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is a five-part series showcasing the testimony of Glenn Yoder. This is part one of five. million, more than 150,000 are Amish. It is a long ways from a horse and buggy to the pulpit of an independent Baptist church. Pastor Glenn Yoder is one of the three men that I know that I'm aware of who has journeyed that distance. He has now served the Community Baptist Church of Emden for 14 years. He is a small fellow. But in some ways, he's a giant of a man. Yet this story tonight is not so much about him as it is about the grace of God. Pastor Glenn Yoder. humbling introduction. I appreciate that very much. It's so very true. You got your Bibles tonight. <clears throat> Open them up to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3. I hope you can say with the psalmist tonight, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, study to show the self-approved and the God of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And tonight we're going to open the word of truth to the, to the book of John. But it wouldn't matter where we would open the, the Bible. If you got a King James Bible, then you could open it up to whatever page you would, and you can find the Lord Jesus Christ walking through the pages of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof and instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that's what we have tonight with us is the Word of God. By the way, if you don't have a King James Bible, I suggest you just take a psalm book and open it up, okay? You'll get as much good out of that. It has been said that man must remember three dates. Three dates he should never forget. October the 12th, 1492 is one of them. That's when Columbus discovered America. And the other two is his wife's birthday, if he's got a wife and their anniversary date. Those three dates, you do well to remember them. But please allow me tonight to point you to another date in history that is personally very important to me. You say, what date is that, preacher? I'm glad that you asked, because without you asking, I wouldn't have wanted to elaborate so much on it. But it's the day that I discovered America. And please don't think me conceited as I attach more importance to January the 20th, 1950, than I do to October the 12th, 1492. You see, it's a personal matter now. Oh, yes, I regard 
life a most precious gift. I thank God that abortion was not legal at the time that I was in my mother's womb. I thank God that it was not an option. Today it tells you some as to where our country is at. You see, only God can give life. And it is God's prerequisite when he takes that. You may believe that your family came from a tadpole, and that tadpole, when he slithered out of the, of the, of the mire some millions of years ago, and then give or take another couple millions of years, he developed little legs, and another couple of millions of years, he got a tail and climbed up in a coconut tree and became a monkey. And somewhere along the line, he became your rich uncle with a PhD. Now, perhaps if I knew your family as well as you did, I might have a change of mind. But I'm referring to the Bible. My Bible says, in the beginning, God created. And I believe that. Job said, the Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. I believe that. Really? I thank God that I'm alive today. You know, do you ever stop to think of it, that we are living in an amazing day, an amazing age. I mean, things are happening now that the old-timers said that would happen before the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. It's happening before our eyes. Now, some wish to live in the future. I'm, I'm talking about some older people that would give anything if they could just be young again and live the life over. Well, I would, I'm not in that class. I'm looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm further along now than I was, well, it doesn't matter how many years ago. <clears throat> but you see, some think, well, you know, there's, in, a, in, in, in our day, there's becoming more and more inventions, and life is just becoming better and becoming easier. And then, of course, we are in the dawn of a new age when supposedly there's world peace right upon, you know, we're just approaching that. No, the Bible says the times will wax worse and worse. I believe that. And it might be good for you to remember that uh, we're living at a troubled age when, when, when there, I mean, uh, right now, I believe if Sodom and Saint would have the means, he'd throw an atomic bomb at us right now. Right. And uh, when that would happen, it would make, it would make the New York tragedy uh, look very minor. I'm simply saying that, uh, that we are living in a day when half of the United States could be blown away in one day, in one night, and half of the people would wake up dead. I know some of you have to think about that a little bit, but <laughs> I'm not going to wait on you. <laughs> but then there are those who, live, who, who wish that they could live in the past. I mean, they would like to have a slower pace, a uh, slower pace to life, you know? Um, everything just when you know, back, back in the days when you could get a, a $5 haircut for $3 at the time you still had hair. Uh, when things were, prices were cheaper, you know what I'm saying? And uh, things were going slower. Well, actually, I think I've got a pretty good idea how that was because of my early, earlier part of my life. And it's not because I've been watching the old-time movies, but because I grew up in an Amish community. I didn't drive a car till I was 34 years old. Ha ha, young people. I didn't have to pay that high insurance premium that you had to pay between 16 and 25. But that means if you wanted to go somewhere, you'd first go out into the pasture and you'd whistle. And if you're lucky, the horse would come up to you. If not, you might have to chase him around for a while, work up a sweat, and then you'd get him up and you'd, uh, you'd groom him and you'd feed him and you'd harness him and hitch him to an open buggy. 
Now, the attitude of the trip would depend a great deal on what kind of weather there was that day. You see, it could be a hot and humid day. That means when you get out on the gravel road, it's going to be dusty. When a car passes you or when a car meets you, you'll be driving in dust for the next half mile. That really has a, has, has a way of uh, tempering with your attitude. <laughs> I remember I used to do something that was bad. I would drive in the middle of the road until the car came real close, and then I'd turn out. It's a wonder I didn't get bumped off. But uh, that way, they'd slow down. It wouldn't be so dusty. <laughs> now, it could be that the weather is raining. Now, if it's raining with an open buggy, your best alternative is to have an umbrella. And if you didn't forget it to bring along, you'd, you'd, you'd put that up. And if you're lucky, the wind wouldn't gust from the other way and blow it out of your, blow it out, uh, inside out and scare the horse and whatever else. <laughs> and then, of course, there was the cold winter days when there was a, maybe a foot of snow on the ground. You say, well, that's an advantage. You wouldn't never spin out. Yeah, but you like to ride in an open buggy in zero weather? You know, those are the times that you would think you needed to go somewhere. You start making efforts to go, and then you just talk yourself out of going. <laughs> but it's a, lot of young, a lot of young people ought to do anyhow when you think about going somewhere else. But I remember when I first heard the term cruising, I said, and they tried to explain to me what that is. It's driving without a real destination in mind. And I said, do you mean people actually would be going somewhere without getting somewhere? I said, that's exactly what we're talking about. I guess it was not till after we left the Amish that I heard about the racetrack in Indiana, the 500-mile race track. Now, that's also the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. People getting into a car, driving breakneck speed, 500 miles, and then getting out at the same place they got on. <laughs> There's some things I just haven't figured out yet. And people paying money to see that. How many of you have seen it? Don't raise your hand. first time I took Ida out, it was on a horse and buggy. Now I know what some of you are thinking, oh, how romantic. <laughs> well, then thinking back to that day, it really was romantic, but the horse and buggy sure had nothing to do with the romantic part of it. <laughs> you see, it was a way of life. That included having no telephone. Now, if anybody, it would be an advantage for them to have telephones, surely it would be the Amish with as hard it is for them to get around. But no, there's no telephones, and I know some of you are thinking that'd be pretty nice for a day without the telephone ringing off the wall. Well, you can, always, you can always shut yours off. But can you imagine having no electricity? I mean, none. I remember my amazement the first time I turned the switch on in our house and the lights, poof, came on. What a contrast to getting the matches and light that match, and maybe in the darkness when it's real dark, you think, well, didn't you have a nightlight? No, still, we didn't have any electricity. <laughs> and you fumble through the darkness until you find the matches, and then you light the match, and you'd hope that wouldn't be burned down by the time you found the lamp. You burn your finger. I tell you what, when I flipped those light switches on, the lights came on, I specifically remember quoting Genesis 1-3. 
God said, let there be light, and there was light. Praise God. Amen. Well, uh, there's no running water. You realize, uh, let me ask you this. When's the last time you thanked God for running water? You realize you can't take a shower without running water. I mean, you can't have faucets in your house without running water. Because run, water doesn't run of its own self. Amen. That was a revelation to some of you. But you can't have a hot water heater. A hot water heater without, without a pressure water. And then there's refrigeration. My how I thank God for refrigeration. I mean, now, my wife, she can cook a meal, and that, uh, between the microwave and the refrigerator, that'll last for a month. <laughs> we got three deep freezes, and mostly they're full. John chapter 3. I want to just read a couple verses here. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from, came, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, as we look at these familiar scriptures, our hearts are stirred once again by the grace of God. And Lord, it's your goodness and your mercy that you've already shown upon us. Oh, how we thrill. Lord, how we thrill at the promises in the word of God. And then we also see some great necessities here and this important necessity of being born again, the only way of going to heaven. Lord, make that very clear tonight to everyone's heart here. And those who've been saved for a long time, may we once again thrill as seeing the grace of God, how you work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I remember the first time we came to a Baptist church. It was right through those doors back there. Yeah. Some, in 19, uh, 1984. Uh, either the last of 83 or the beginning of 84. And I, I remember the scary thought. We, I can still tell you what we said. We sit, sat back in that pew where Brother Grotman is in, and uh, there were several of a couple of us families, and we just kind of snuck in here. You see, there was something special going on here that day because they were having an ordination service. And they had sent little cards out, and everybody on the route got a card, and we got that card. And I said, I've got to see this because I knew the uh, unusual way that the Amish have of uh, ordaining a preacher. I said, I want to see this. See, so we came to church that day. We kind of snuck in the back. Later, the pastor, a Pastor Tim Stowe, who was, who was being ordained that day, he'd come from Texas. He'd never seen any Amish folk before. He, th he told us later he thought there might, we might be fixing to have a lynching after the service. <laughs> so he said there was trouble. He said one of his ministers, he had some, uh, a minister from Michigan and one from Oklahoma, he said, uh, one of them told him, he said, you better go back and shake hands with those folks. He said, I'm not going back there. You go shake hands with them. <laughs> I remember that how impressed I was that day of seeing that ordination. They, they must have asked Pastor Stowe a hundred questions, doctrinal questions from the Word of God, and he was able to answer all of those questions with, with precise clearness, having an understanding of the Word of God. You see, that was so different from what we came from. In the Amish, when you have an ordination, everybody in the church, everybody in the church gets one vote, and wh whoever they, they can vote for any man in the church, a married man, 
And uh, and if a man gets more than two church, uh, two uh, votes, he gets to draw the lot. And sometimes there was as many as as anyway from six, eight, ten, or even twelve men that would get to draw the lot. Now the lot was a number of psalm books put on a stack, and one of those psalm books had a piece of paper in it. The piece of paper, whoever drew the book with the piece of paper, was the newly ordained preacher. That preacher. It doesn't matter if he never had any call on his life. He may not have been able to hardly read the German language because the German language is what they preach from. But there was no recourse once the paper was found in that book. And I don't have to elaborate a great deal on this, but I can tell you that made for some real dull preaching. Amen. Now, you might well ask the question, well, why don't people just change? Why don't they just change? They wouldn't have to stay in there. But listen, all of these traditions that we that have mentioned are deeply rooted in their religion. It is the basis of their hope of going to heaven. These traditions were not only our heritage, but they were our hope and security. There is security found in a, in a, in a group opinion. That's what keeps people attached to cults sometimes. But it was a system of good work to improve our chances of going to heaven. Notice I said chances of going to heaven. Because no good Amish man will tell you that he knows whether he's going to heaven or not. The truth is he doesn't know. And he will quite readily admit it. Now I could stop here and elaborate a great deal on the many good things about the Amish people. How hard they work. They get up early in the morning and they work till late in the evening. I remember uh, uh, being a teenager. Somebody was there one day and they asked, they asked us boys, they said, what do you all do for recreation? What's that? I mean, when you work from sun up to sundown, you're pretty much ready to drop, drop after that. Just like you ladies feel after you went a day shopping. <laughs> but there's good things that can be said I mean nobody of their rank is on a state welfare roll they take good care of their elderly elderly people thank you for listening to this podcast series check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google Plus thank you again and have a blessed day